Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Playing Out From The Back podcast. I'm your host Sam Morgan. On a weekly basis I'll be joined by my fellow hosts Aaron and Mo. We'll be discussing the latest news around the football world with zero filter. Be sure to like, subscribe and follow us on the usual social media platforms. Time to tune in. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Playing Out From The Back. There's only two of us today. It's myself, Aaron White and Mo Spence. How are you doing today, Mo? I'm good, mate. I'm good. You and um you and um Sam Morgan gotta stop having sickies, bruv. It's, it's getting out of hand. If this was a if this is a workplace, mate, you not wouldn't be lasted. Do you know what I mean? Uh, if it, some if it's not one is, it's not one is the other. No, I know it's tough. There's a lot of stuff going on. September's September's the time of the year, it's like where when you go through August, that sort of like signs off. You sort of like start signing off like last, like this year. And then you start sort of thinking about 2022. <laughs> no, because it's like football season, in it? You sort of go by football seasons yeah. rather than the actual year. Actual year. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So there's always like lots of stuff going on, lots of stuff to sort out, etc. But yeah, I'm good. Looking forward to today's podcast. Yeah, today we are having a review of the transfer window, which ended yesterday, day before yesterday, uh, and previewing, reviewing the team's top six teams, the best and worst windows, uh, looking at the newly promoted teams and how their window's gone. Plus, if we've got time, maybe talk about the this weekend's results that have just been. Uh, I'll, start, I'll start with the... Uh, We'll start with the best window, Mo. Who who do you reckon out of the, the 20 Premier League clubs have had the best window? Um, for me, it's um it's tight. I would uh, I'm gonna go with Manchester United. I think they've had the best window. I think if 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 Chelsea had signed, I actually thought they did sign um Quande, but it didn't go through, did it? No, nah, no. Nah. It didn't happen in the end. Um 
yeah, because I switched off. I switched off early. I got bored. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, um, I think Chelsea are still a a, a very a very solid second um, with uh, Lukaku and 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 Niguez. But for me, Varane had an experience at the back. Um, they also added obviously Sancho, and I think that fills a big. A big void they had on the right hand side, and uh, and it comes with a lot of goals and assists, um, as we've seen from from Germany, and then Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, you know what? Yeah, I've been hearing um, a lot of pundits saying he's not going to make the difference in the big games. Yeah, he's definitely going to make the difference in the big games. That's where he will make the difference. Yeah, like you have to like like I know he's all round game isn't great but he will still score two goals against Liverpool or like he will do that and 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 I think that that's the sort of impact that he needs to make mm. um I think that you got your Greenwoods you got your Greenwoods coming through looking strong this season Rashford as well um to come back um they've got Martial there you know he's for me He's not lived up to potential. He's not my type of player, but I, you know he's he's lauded as one of the great talents. You know what I mean. So he he's still there. Um, you add Cristiano Ronaldo. You got the experience of Cavani, um, and you have to take you have to take Manchester United serious. And I've said, you know, this window three big signings. I think I think they could have done with a midfielder, but I also think that they've got enough midfielders in there to deal with not having that that yeah. that another that big name midfield. They've still got Matic, they've still got McTominay, they've still got Fred. And you know, if them guys put in, you know, five to eight, seven, eight out of ten performances, that makes up for your guy that they want to sign to play in their week in, week out and perform like that every week so I think they've, as, although they didn't sign a midfielder and I feel like they did need to sign a midfielder I think they've got enough in there between those three to make up that deficit yeah yeah um Pogba as well started the season well um and I, I think yeah overall overall Man- Manchester United for me what about yourself oh I, I I was gonna say the same I think they've had uh as close to a 10 out of 10 window as as any team in the league uh, how how do you think Bruno will cope with with Ronaldo's uh, signing? Obviously, a few people are saying you know he might not be the same now. You know, might see the Bruno of, of Portugal rather than of of United. How how do you think he'll cope? Well, his numbers are going to be affected because if Ronaldo takes over the penalty, <laughs> he takes he does. I, I don't call him a penalty merchant, but he does take a lot of the penalties. Yeah. Um, and it, obviously, if Ronaldo takes over them, that that will affect. That will affect his numbers, but you know, uh, it, big players play well together, and I, I, I still think with Sancho, with uh, Rashford, with Greenwood, um, although Ronaldo's not the guy that's going to be running in behind time after time, I still think that he's got a lot of option in terms of delivering his passes for the wing for the wing players. Mm. Um, and at the end of the day, um, Bruno creates chances, and Ronaldo puts them away. So. You know, the setup for Manchester United is slightly different to Portugal, where I think Bruno gets more of a free role at Manchester United. He's able to run sort of everywhere. And I think that at United, Ronaldo will um, will benefit a lot from his deliveries. He does a lot of deliveries early into the box, and Ronaldo loves that. 
Um, so I think it could be a little bit different. I do think his numbers will be affected because I think a lot of those goals, Ronaldo, a lot, of, especially the penalties and obviously some free kicks as well. I think a lot of them, Ronaldo will be taking over. So, so I still think he has a good season, but obviously it's just not going to be as good number wise. Yeah, definitely, definitely. One of the teams I was I was looking out for this summer was West Ham. Obviously, had a good season last year. Uh, obviously, going to be in Europa League this year. So, it was, David Moyes had to have a a good uh, good window, and he he pulled out a couple of good signings this summer. He he was uh, West Ham was probably one of my top three uh, in the category of best windows. Uh, they already got a goalie Ariola in uh, on loan. Then they managed to get Zuma off Chelsea, which is both big for the, Yeah, for Premier League and Europe for, for Europe, that experience is is going to be uh, crucial for them. It's one of the positions they definitely needed to uh, improve, and I don't think you can get much better for that kind of club uh, in in Kurt Zuma. And then they they managed to get Vlasic. Uh, Spurs are after him for a while, and Alex Crow, uh, another Czech, which obviously joins. Suchek and Kufal as well. So I think they've had a very good good window, uh, f- especially for those clubs that are between 6th position and 10th. Uh, I thought they they may have struggled this this season with, with the Europa League, but I think they've got managed to get the players in uh, in the right positions to, to help them improve. Uh, shame they couldn't get Jesse Lingard. Uh, that would may have been the icing of the cake for them, but they managed to get a couple of others in, in around that position. And Ben Rama, he started the season on fire. Antonio started the season on fire. So it'd be interesting to see, uh, see where they, where they end up this season. Um, I, I do worry, I do worry about the forward position for them. Yeah. Um, because they obviously didn't bring in a forward. They brought in that Vlasic, who's more of a number 10, um, not, yeah. not, not a main goal scorer. Um, but I, I do worry about that, but because of because of Zuma's uh, Zuma, because of Antonio's regular sort of one yeah. or two month injuries, and I think that in Europe as well, there's going to be even more games for Antonio to play. And I know they've probably got the idea of Yarmolenko and you know this guy, you know this guy yeah. and that guy filling in. But I think to have a proper, even Antonio, he's only been a, a centre forward the last yeah. couple of years. He's not an out and out centre forward really although he's getting goals and he's becoming that type of player but his natural position wasn't always you know um, um, number nine and he's doing well but it's just I think a lot will depend on whether they can they can um, whether they can keep him fit I think I think for them you know a good signing for them would have been someone like Nketiah Edouard like uh, Crystal Palace went with him just someone that would you know, wouldn't be have to be a definite starting um, number nine, um, but that that can just take the pressure off of Antonio in maybe the easier European games at home, FA mm. Cup, League Cup, because in some of them games he's going to have to be rested. But obviously, the idea down there is Yarmolenko can uh, take up that position. Also, um, Bowen and and who's the other guy? No, four nows. Yeah, maybe yeah. can play in that position as well, but. Yeah, that, that's the only thing with West. I think Zoom is a masterstroke in terms of centre backs um, and playing for 
David Moyes, I, I don't think there's that responsibility for you as a centre-back to be that guy that gets on the ball and plays out from the back and mm. does this and that. I think there's a sole, sole job for you there is sort of out-and-out out defending. And I think that suits Zuma down to the ground. Um, and that's why they've been able to play, you know, your Ogbomers, your your um, your daughters and have such successful seasons because um, David Moyes doesn't really ask that much from his centre-back. So I think Zuma is a masterstroke from them. Mm. Um, yeah, going forward. Touching on uh, Antonio as well, just being called up to the, uh, to the Jamaican. Boys. Yeah, so more game time for him, you know, internationals now. Yeah. European football and like I say bad uh, bad injury record so hopefully he manages to to manage his time well and stay fit because it will be good to, for him to have a at least a full season of 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 him playing rather than the two months out here and two months out there that he normally normally gets uh, you touched on on Palace and signing Edouard. Uh how do you think their window went they, they're one of the biggest uh, biggest clubs there making a lot of moves Obviously, Vieira in charge. I think uh, they, they've looked to get quite a good few players in. Uh, what do you, what do you think of their window? I think I think uh, I, I said you know I've been saying since the end of last season that this will be the window where you can pick up bargains. Um, mm. And if you're looking to rebuild a squad, especially sort of a mid-table squad, there'll be lots of players um, available and off and on offer um, at at good prices. They got the young boy from from Reading at a good price. Um, 19 years old. They've brought the average age of the of the team down, um, and they haven't gone and spent truckloads of money. Although they have spent, they would have always had to spend to yeah. bring the average age of the team down. You that they're, they're your big transfer windows, and I I think they've had a solid transfer window in terms of bringing the average age of the team down, as well as keeping on some of them players um, from last season, the experienced players. Um, keeping a few of them in the team as well. Um, so they've got quite a decent balance. So I think now it's just down to it's down to the way that Vieira builds the team and whether he builds a team that's that's Premier League solid or whether he goes and tries to implement, you know, his whole philosophy on it and it goes a little bit wrong. But, you know, they've we've seen a couple of performances from them so far which indicate that, you know, He's still trying to find his way, but there yeah. is something in there in terms of, um, in terms of building a team and changing the the way they play, um, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think they've made some good signings. Um, Dalisi from Reading, um, Anderson was one I wouldn't have minded at Arsenal. I think he's good on mm-hmm. the ball, um, proven in the Premier League. Although Fulham went down, he's probably the standout player. Mm-hmm. Um, Will uh, Will Hughes so adding a little bit of creativity in the middle of the pitch. Um, and again, bringing that age down in there because they did have a few sort of MacArthur in there, and they've got Milivojevic who are all getting on a little bit. So they've brought they've brought that down and uh, the age down in there. And I think Edouard, it'll be really interesting um, to see how he gets on. I thought he might get a move um, to maybe someone in Europe. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it would be. It would be Crystal Palace. But again, this window was so... There were so many players about that were sort of Edward's level and similar that there was teams that are looking for that sort of player was able to was able to get their hands on someone. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. And you mentioned, obviously, a few uh, Premier League experienced players that they bought with uh, Hughes and Anderson. They also got Gallagher from... 
from Chelsea. He was on loan at uh, West, West Brom, Brom. Yeah, yeah, last season. Uh, did very well and uh, scored two goals for, for Palace uh, just, just at the weekend as well. So, again, youngsters, but with Premier League experience, which seems to be the... Uh, the thing that Vieira's going for. Be interesting to see how how he gets on. Obviously they give hopefully they give him a bit more time to to find a good style of play and letting everyone gel together. They've they've obviously let go of a lot of, of experienced players. Uh a lot of their defenders have gone Sacco, Cahill, Scott Dan, you know, they they've all gone. Van Arnold's gone. So it's gonna take them a while uh to to obviously get back to it. But I think it'll be it's a good project for them and for Palace fans have been speaking to all all positive despite the the slowish start to the season. Uh let's touch on on a couple of teams you think may have not had the greatest windows. Uh I'll kick this one off. I think uh I'm going to go with with Liverpool. Uh they're one of the ones that I I thought that they would try and improve what they had in their attacking areas. Uh, and they, they obviously haven't. I think they've, they only signed one player this window, which, again, a centre-back was definitely what they needed uh, after the troubles they had last season. But not not getting anyone in, uh, you know, still having Origi on the books and, and stuff like that. I think it's, it could be a bit of a an error for Klopp, especially, you know, we spoke about United strengthening in those areas, Chelsea bringing in Lukaku, uh, City bringing in Grealish on top of everyone else they've got, uh, Tottenham keeping Kane and, and and that kind of stuff. What do you think? What do you think about Liverpool? Do you think they're gonna they're gonna struggle this season? Do you think they're gonna still challenge for the title? Um, Liverpool, Liverpool for me um, still look they still look solid. I mean. In the in the game I watched uh, Liverpool Chelsea, I, I think you know Chelsea going down to ten men helped them, helped mm. them a lot in that game. But Liverpool do look do still look a solid outfit, and they look like it looked like a few of their players had come back revitalized. You had Harry Wilson in there, um, and I, I, I think that uh, Harry Wilson and Curtis Jones, I think they're going to rely on them to replace that sort of uh, that Wijnaldum that Wijnaldum void. Mm. Um, I just I think with Liverpool, they didn't they they did a lot of contract renewals, big contract renewals this this summer. I think was it Robertson got one, Fabinho mm. got one. I think the goalkeeper got one, and obviously, them boys are already on big money, and these contracts must be for bigger money. So I think that took a, a big chunk of what they might have had to to replenish the squad. As well as that, I think the positions that they might have thought about filling. I don't think they're positions where you can get like a, a sort of patch up player. They need big players, if you see what I mean. So it would have had to be a big and a, a very big commitment um, for Liverpool. And I think that alongside with all them big contracts, doing Canate, he was forty million as well, um, and then trying to go out and buy a, a top striker or a top midfielder would have been another 50, 60 million. But then I look and Chelsea did the Sal, Sal Nugres deal on a loan deal yeah. with an option. So, you know, I'm sure Liverpool could have been in there, but maybe they maybe they just think we'll stick with what we've got. Um, we'll give the young boys an opportunity to come through. Um, we'll look at Salah, Mane, Firmino and Jota as a four 
uh, the four attacking areas this season because that at some stage, probably this season, has to get broken up. And then mm. at, at that point, they need to deliver a big name. Yeah, They're going to need to deliver a 60, 70, 80 million pound name um, to replace them guys. So maybe they're looking more, see see what we can do this season with what we've got, um, give the, the youngsters an option, um, get the basis of the squad um, on long-term deals, the ones that want to stay and the ones that we want to build longer term on. Um, and then the next window, they maybe go and they get one or two um, of big players that Klopp wants. Mm. I I just I got I I I think what you're saying is is pretty accurate, but I think he's made a big mistake by not getting one other person. And even if it's uh, you know a, a youngster that you know that you can bed in for a year uh, or something, I just I just I just think that might be their downfall this season is not having that extra player that can come in instead of Origi or whoever they've got there. Uh, because as soon as, you know, as soon as one of them get injured or, or need a rest, it's, it's going to be difficult for them. Uh, if the, if, if their, if their aspirations is to challenge for the title this season, for me, I think that they'll, they'll challenge top four. I don't think they'll be in the top two, uh, but I think, yeah, I think that is a big, big mistake for them. Uh, not getting someone in, like say, even a you know loan with so many loan deals floating around this this window, I'm surprised that they they couldn't get someone in, even on loan or a youngster in, like I said, or, or someone or just someone for big money and saying, you know, give you a year to, you know, get your game time when as and when you can. Uh, just like Klopp normally does with his his new signings. To be fair, never rushes them. Uh, but yeah, I do think it may be a mistake not to get someone in this window, and they might have to regret it. Uh, but obviously, we'll we'll see. Uh, while we're both here, let's let's uh, let's let's talk about Arsenal. Then their window, a lot of negativity around uh, social media. Uh, if you look at all the posts for the new signings that we've made, there's always a lot of uh, negativity surrounding them despite ever seeing them play or or knowing what they're going to be like for us. Me, uh, as a window as a whole, I think we could have done better. Obviously, I think we, we were... There was players that we should have or could have got out, which we didn't, out of the club, which we didn't. Maybe one or two players more that we could have got in. But as a whole, I think it was, a, it was an okay window. Uh, not too bad, not too too good but the main thing for me it's it's good that we've got some kind of idea of the the profile of player that we that we want uh you know all of them are that's that's coming are all pretty young uh all with the same ability which Arteta wants in a player you know I'm not Arteta's biggest fan but at least he has that kind of thing of knowing what he wants in a player Rather than uh, going out and doing those crazy last last minute deals that that Wenger used to do, uh, what how how do you think our window went? Do you think it it was as bad as as most people say, or are you you're okay with it? 
I think. I mean, I think it was a decent window. What what I said about what I've said about the players that we've signed is, regardless of uh, whether Arteta's the manager or another manager comes in, the the team's starting to look like a group that a manager could come in. Um, they're very versatile in terms of the way that they could play. Um, and I think another manager, if he comes in with a slightly different type, style of play, I'm not talking someone that goes front to back, but, mm. you know, if someone comes in and they want to play high pressing or if someone comes in and they want to, you know, be a little bit more playing the final third, be a little bit more direct, I think that the players that we're signing allow that flexibility in in them to to be able to to do that. Um, I can't say, of the signings that we've made, I can't say I'm disappointed with any. I'm happy with them all. Um, I think it brings the, the, it brings the, 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 the age of the team down um, and it gets them all around the same age. This team does need, it will eventually need, it will need them star players, them big names, you know, that big centre-half name, that, uh, big midfielder name and 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 maybe the, that that big forward name. It will need those sprinklers, but what they've what they've brought in, I think, it gives us that that basis of where teams are when they're at the start of of rebuilding. I think they've I think they've delivered that. Um, couple of years, last couple of years, two three years, Arsenal don't have don't really have any sellable assets. When you look through the team, you think, have we got a player in there that could potentially be you know, that 50, 60, 70 million pound player. Do we have a player in there who, who a Man City might look at and give us big money for or Real Madrid or uh, Barcelona? Do we have them players? And we've just, for a very long time, we've not had them assets. Yeah. And I think that of the two, two, four, six, seven, so we signed seven players uh, this summer, including obviously one guy for the for the under-23s, but Nuno Tavares, Lukonga, Ben White, uh, Odegaard, Ramsdale and uh, Tommy Yasuo, I think all of them players offer you the potential of being a very good uh, player worth a lot of money um, and they also give you a resellable asset and Arsenal for years have not had any resellable assets okay, okay we've got Smith Rowe and we've got Saka that come through but for years we've just been you know we'd let players go for 10 12 15 million and sometimes they were our better players and i just think that now we've got sellable assets in the team it's a young team and it's going to take time um but whatever happens going forward a manager coming in will be will will have a good young squad of player to work with and bring some of his own in on top mm, i agree i agree uh one other thing with arsenal i did say it was a good win or a, a, an okay window uh, my only uh, thing towards that window that I thought could have been better or smarter, and I'm a big fan of Ben White. I think he'll 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 be very good for Arsenal. I think that could have that money m- maybe could have been spent a bit more better or smarter. Uh, I think we could have used that money to to bring in a big name. Uh, player maybe a big playmaker or or someone further up the pitch uh again i think that might be where which lets us down maybe this season maybe we've got an eye on someone for for january or next year but i just think we could have i i i i don't actually think that the money spent was the problem mm. i think his problem was the I, yeah. I think Arsenal would have happily spent another hundred million, but 
the, the, the problem with us buying another two players or, or spending, you know, more or, or, or whatever was, I think that when Arteta come in and when the last few managers have come in, we've had such an unbalanced squad in terms of yeah. just so many players knocking about, not really playing for the team, but they're just knocking about and we just have so many of them players. So without letting go of six, seven, eight, nine, ten players, you can't... We have signed six players when you think about it. Yeah. So without letting go of all that dead wood, as long as well as another four, five, six players, it's very difficult to sign more players. It's like Eddie and Ketia, and I, I understand we got a bid for him for 10 million, but the, the next flip side of that is we can't just be, we can't just be letting people have our players. There has to be a degree of, there has to be a degree of, okay, negotiation. Um, okay. You bid 10 million. We want 12 million. Can you get to 12 million? If they're saying no, I know that we want them players out, but, you can't give a player to a team because you're still giving a player to a team. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Like, it's like the, the Maitland-Niles wanted to go <clears throat> Everton. And I get that. But it has to be a better offer, in my opinion. It just has to be a better offer. Um, and I think that Maitland-Niles comes under the bracket of players where we would sell them if we got a decent offer. But the offer has to be decent. Do you get what yeah. I mean? It's not like a Torero who is just like literally give us five, ten million or whatever, and you can have him. You know, what I mean, it's not that sort of player. I think that they genuinely look at him as someone who could, who could get us some money. So why not wait until a team actually needs him and says, "All right, here's fifteen million. We want him." Do you yeah. see what I mean? And I think the idea with Inketia, the ten million was, well, you can get ten million now. Yeah, for for Nketiah. But if we don't get what we want, we keep him for another year. There's a prospect he signs a new contract and goes out on loan and then we get money further down the line. Because if we lose Nketiah for nothing, we didn't pay anything for Nketiah. Mm. Do you get what I mean? So as disappointing as the 10 million might might sound, I think that if you think that there's an opportunity that you might get more or you think that you're getting up, you know, you're getting done up by a club, then I, I think stick with it. Show that show that you're no longer a club that will just take whatever for whoever. Mm. Do you get what I mean? But um but you know Arsenal fans are Arsenal fans are very difficult. You know, you see, they complain <laughs> they complain about they complain about the players we buy, they complain about the players we sell, they complain about the players we loan. And even Saliba, I, I pray that when Saliba comes into this team, he's as good as we believe he's gonna be because <laughs> This, the calling for him to come into this team is is so mad. I just really hope that he can live up to that because it, I, I I would hate for it to be a situation where he comes in, he's not good enough, and then all of a sudden he's getting hounded out the door like a lot of the rest of them. Yeah. Um, and that's very possible at Arsenal. I think with Saliba, I think it's clear why a lot of fans. I'm I'm not gonna. I'm one of them, so I I I see why a lot of fans want Saliba playing. Uh, when when you're looking at you know the city game at the weekend, for instance, when our back three is Chambers, Holden, and Kalasanac, mm. you know, and there, and there's people just looking around thinking Saliba should be in that three. Saliba should be playing. Saliba should yeah. be given his chance. And I, I get it. I understand why a lot of people, myself included, want want him in there. When you look at the the way our defenders try and defend, uh, and the fact that we've you know we've had him what. Three, two, three years now, and we haven't mm-hmm. seen him play. 
it's it is it is quite frustrating, especially when mm. when when you see the way we defend in in a lot of games. Uh, but again, I hope he comes in uh, next summer if if that's when he comes back and and gives a good account of himself because I think him White and uh, Gabriel would be a good back three. Mm. Uh, I think I think I think the I think the 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 back line against the back line against Man City is very difficult because. You've got White out. You've obviously got Gabriel out, mm. which, which would have probably, which would have probably started. But there's still question marks as to why Kolasinac's played in that game. Yeah. But but you know, Callum Chambers, although not the greatest player, he's not been our worst player. And towards the end of last season, he was arguably our best, our best right fullback. So holding last season as well as a player didn't have a bad season. He didn't have a terrible season, you know. What I mean, I didn't look at Holding and say he's got to go. He weren't. He's never mm-hmm. been one of them players who I think's got to go. I think he does a job. He 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 ticks that box in terms of being English, um, which is obviously important in the keeping of Chambers and Holding and stuff like that. And I think he ticks that box in terms of in terms of being English. He's solid. You know what you get from him. Um, but it's for me the glaring the glaring thing there is is the Kalasanat thing. I think. You know, you, you you don't you just don't play that that type of player. Yeah. It's not been good for us for a long time, um, and that that's where Arteta makes a rod for his own back in terms of the Saliba shouts. Because if Kalasinac doesn't play and he plays Tierney in there, maybe goes with Tavares as left wing back. You look at that, and it, there's no real question. You can sort of understand why that back why that back three happens. There's no sort yeah. of question around it. You can see them players are all Arsenal players. You might want better players and you might think Saliba's better, but at least they're all definite Arsenal players. And I just think Kalasinac, the picking of him was was bad. And 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 I think that a lot of the time that's what makes the rod for for yeah. Arteta to be to be shot with or to be shot at with. Um because because he does these things. But I, I believe Saliba will come back. Um and I believe there's a position there for him as well. I think uh, when he comes back, he, he's a right footed defender that plays on the left hand side. So it gives you the the option, like holding, of playing both centre-back positions or in a free. And I think he comes back and I think he does well for us. He's still only 20, still got years left on his contract. Um, so I think it works out for Saliba. It's just a matter of um, of time and, and he'll get there. So he's our player and we just wait till next season, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's well put, to be fair. Uh, we'll look at a couple of other teams that... Uh, with regards to who's had the worst window, who do you think's had the worst window? Um, bad windows for me. I'll tell you who I, I've got. I've got one who I'm very disappointed with. Um, more than worst window, you know, we can always talk about Newcastle. <laughs> we can, <laughs> you know, we can always talk about teams like that. But I'll tell you, who I'm disappointed with Everton. Um, Everton, after two years of you know, investment and improving the team. I just think that to go from, you know, putting a hundred million into the team and, and, you know, that's what it takes sometimes to jump, make that jump from, you know, the, the, the six to eight up to the top mm. six, you need to spend that money. And I think they invested quite heavily over the last couple of windows. And then to then go and get Damari Gray on loan or is he on loan or maybe for one million yeah. um, who I don't think is a bad player. He never kind at Leicester, never ever was a, was a, was a, uh, uh, I don't know, a, a success man, uh, yeah. yeah, at Leicester. Um, Andros Townsend, decent player, uh, very 
okay Premier League player. Um, and then Solomon Rondon. <laughs> that came out of nowhere, didn't it? Came out of nowhere. <laughs> and I just think, oh, are we going down that route now where we're saying, oh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin's Everton's main forward, so they can't have another forward. I think, I think you know, they let Moist, Moist uh, Keane go back to Juventus. And I just think that bringing in Rondon, I don't know, it's just a bit underwhelming. I just think it's a bit underwhelming based on what they've done and what mm. was available this window. I think that Everton could have could have got a few more players who don't seem to be quick fixes. I see Townsend um, and I see Rondon as, as, as quick fixes. If you saw, I mean, like just just players that will be there for a year, then they'll be gone. I think they could have. There was enough out there in the in the market and in the windows, especially loans and loans of options, loans of obligations. I think Everton could have gone out and they could have done a little bit more. Yeah. Um, in terms of for their fans and in terms of longer term, but yeah, that 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 will be, it'll be Everton for me in terms of sort of an underwhelming window. Do you think, um, in my uh, opinion, do you, do you think that Rondon transfer was just because of Rafa Benitez knows knows him? Obviously, I think he managed him uh, for a couple of seasons previously uh, at Newcastle. Do you think that was why he signed him? He needed a, someone in that he knew that he could, I guess, trust in a way. Yeah, I think you know, I think West Ham, uh, Everton are going to play a certain way. They're going to get balls into the box, and Rondon was always okay with that in the Premier League. He, to be fair, he did score. A, a few Premier League goals, um, and I think he does work as a as a decent foil for for mm. um, for Calvert Lewin as such. But I just mean I mean sort of for the fans, you know. Like, yeah, they're yeah. looking at Rondon, and then they know he's a player that's going to be there for a year, two years. It's just like a quick fix, and I just think they could have got maybe something a little bit better, uh, better than that. Um, but definitely Rondon is uh, Rafa Benitez signing. Um, but again, you know, Rafa Benitez might look at that team and say, I can get something out of this. I can get top eight, top six out of this team. Um, and then there might be another team looking towards next year um, and saying, right, we're going to start putting the money in next year on Rafa Benitez players. Let's have a look at how he does this year. And then next year we start pushing on with his type of player. Mm, definitely. I'm going to give you one more team to, to go through and then we're going to look at the uh, newly promoted teams. Let's go to Tottenham. Obviously, they kept Harry Kane, new manager in. Uh, they got in three three good sign or three signings for their first team: uh, Romero, Emerson, Royale, and Brian Gill. Gill, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, what's your thoughts on their window? Do you think they should have done more, or um, was the fact of keeping Kane and getting two or three in was was enough I think they needed to do more I know they've got um Andombele he's their you know their main I think he's their might be even their record signing yeah. and their main player and he doesn't want to be there he wants to go um I think when I when I speak to a lot of Tottenham fans they're looking for that um very similar to what we were looking for that creative number 10 that that sort of Ericsson replacement um, and they feel like they needed a little bit more in the centre of the park, which they didn't get. Um, they they seem to have filled uh, the right back void again, but I, I know that they they have Tinganga um, and they have Doherty on the books already. But I know they did want to strengthen that area. Yeah. Um, they did also get um, 
the centre back from Christian Romero. Yeah. Um, so they have done a they've done a fair bit of work on the defensive areas in terms of strengthening that area. They had to get rid of Alderweireld as well, getting on in age, and they needed to strengthen that area around Sanchez and and Dia. And I think Christian Romero is a decent player to do that. I just think in the attacking areas and through the midfield, you know, Son and Kane doesn't need. They don't need much more up there. They might need sort of a foil for Kane when he picks up his, you know, his two-month ankle injury or whatever. Mm. Um, but Son's obviously proved uh, able deputy. Um, but I just think they needed a bit more through the middle of the pitch. Yeah. Um, and I think they could have gone maybe one more for a midfielder, whether it be the attacking midfielder or the defensive midfielder. And, um, and I think that would have been a good window for them. They, but... Again, for Spurs, they've got Ndombele in there. Is it a situation where they're saying, listen, you've got to make that work? Yeah. You know, you've got to make Ndombele work. And are they looking at um, Dane Scarlett and saying, okay, we'll go with Kane, who pretty much will play every single game. When he's injured, we'll go with Son. And then we get we start getting Dane Scarlett on the pitch and yeah. getting him some game time. Um, but yeah, you know, they've got, they've still got Ryan Sessignon as well. So they've got a few players coming back. He was promising, um, in his younger age and he's been there. And so they've got, they've got a few young, young players who they'd, who they'd bring through. But uh, again, with, with, with Tottenham, I believe that Nuno Espirito Sancho, uh, Nuno Espirito Santo has to prove himself because I, I still believe that if he don't do well, the first opportunity they get, they'll replace him. Mm. And I think that if that was a, the manager that they wanted in there, if that was the Potichino or if that was the uh, the Conte, I think they would have delivered in more players. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, it's, I, I think it's... I agree, they, they should have got one or two more in. But then I look at it and think... Well, they haven't really got European football. They've also got a conference league, but they'll be playing the youngsters in that pretty much all the time, maybe up until maybe semi-final stage if they get that far. Uh, but I think they look at it, and, and you're right, they look at it and think, well, there's no point in getting a, re- a big replacement in for, for Kane or Son because they're not playing twice a week or three times a week due to European football. Uh, and the same with, with the centre mid as well. Uh and to be fair, he started the season pretty well in charge. Three games, three wins. I think well, they all won nil as well. So not not too bad bad of a start for him, uh, especially I think one of those games with Man City as well. Uh, so I think he's, yeah, he would have probably got more money. If it was Conte, he would have demanded, you know, 200, 250 million for, for it to get his own players in. Uh, but let's look at, the uh, newly promoted teams, uh, I, like you, we don't really want to speak about Newcastle and, and Burnley. They do the same window pretty much every every year, and somehow manage to survive survive it. But let's look at uh, who should we look at first? Let's look at Norwich. I think I know a couple of Norwich fans, and they've been pretty happy with their window that they've had. Last time they got promoted, they didn't really make any signings. Uh, they relied on on the youngsters that they had at the time. Uh, we're all really good, to be fair. Obviously, relied on Pookie, but they've come in and, and they've got they've got in at least five or six uh, players that can 
play Premier League football, maybe even more. They got obviously got Kabak in uh, on transfer deadline day, Brandon Williams, uh, Billy Gilmore. There's three good Premier League players there uh, for, for, for Norwich, especially. Uh, did well to get Josh Sargent as well. And there's two or three others in there, Rashika uh, as well. So I think they've had a really good window. Is it enough for them to stay up? Um, it could um, be. I'm not too sure. Um, I, it's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. It's going to be tight down there, mm. whatever. whatever. I, I think they've signed some okay players um, and they've got that experience that they had from the Premier League last time they were in there. So, you know, the players coming in, Puki, Max Aarons, um What's the winger called again? What's the young boy called? Cantwell. Cantwell, yeah. So them guys, their main players have got a much better idea of what to expect in the Premier yeah. League. Um, like you say, those players come back, played for Liverpool, big club, got Premier League experience. Brandon Williams, when he's played for Manchester United in the Premier League, I think he's decent. Um, so I don't think that's a bad signing. Uh, Billy Gilmore, again, when he's played for Chelsea, haven't seen nothing to suggest they ain't going to be a decent Premier League. Um, for me, it's, I think it will go down to them to uh, Premier League goals. Um, and can Pukki produce, uh, you know, a season where he gets 10, 15? I know, I think last time he got 12, but he, he sort of went from scoring, you know, one for the first 12 games to not scoring again until the end of the season. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I think that they, they 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 need someone else who can chip in there. And this is where I look at players like Daniel Sturridge and I think, I think like Norwich, like, I don't know why, why would you look at him on a one-year deal? I can't see what you lose from that. Yeah. Apart, you know, you've got a player there who's scored Premier League goals, he's proven. And I think you've got Pukki in there what harm would it be having Daniel Sturridge like knocking about, you know what I mean, t- 20, 25 games or more um, with proven Premier League pedigree can get you that eight, 10 goals that might keep you up. Yeah. I just, I just always, I'm always quite, quite baffled, but I guess these managers have their own ideas. They're just players that, you know, that come to mind for me and I, I'm sure they, you know, they know the players that they brought in probably fit their system a little bit better, etc. But I just always think with teams like Norwich, it's just proven Premier League goals. Is there someone in there that you can say, or one or two players in there that you can say will get you 10 Premier League goals and a midfielder that will chip in with four or five? And, you know, generally that will be enough. Once your centre-back start chipping in and stuff, that will be enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely. But, yeah, I mean, it will be tight down there this season. Norwich could easily stay up. They could easily go down because I think there's four or five this season, Burnley included, who I just don't think I've done enough. Mm, mm. And you're talking about strikers. One that always comes into my head, probably because he's, he's Arsenal, is Eddie and Ketia. Mm. Like, like, fair enough, you know, we rejected a 10 million bid for him. But if I'm one of these clubs, knowing that, I could have someone like him who is a goal scorer. He may not produce it week in, week out for Arsenal. He doesn't play regularly, but he's produced it, you know, on, on the under 21 stage at more than enough times. If I'm Norwich, if I'm uh, Watford or even, you know, likes of Newcastle and, and Burnley, those type of teams at the bottom there, I'm looking at someone like that and thinking he he if we give him two or three chances a game, he's going to score. And, 
for me, I, I don't understand why teams aren't going for those types it, of players. It represents so little risk. Yeah. He's English. You get him, you're getting for 10, 12, 15 million. You definitely get that back. Even if, even if you end up in a season selling him to a top of the championship team, you will get that money back. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a strange one to me that, that, that clubs don't look at this and think there's, there's little to no risk in this, in this signing. He offers us that extra thing around Timmy Puki, and he's very similar to Puki actually in terms of his style of play. Uh, now you say that, Eddie Nketiah, yeah. very fox in the boxish, gets in the, the areas where he gets his tappings and, I think that would, when I actually think about it, that would be a good signing for mm-hmm. um, for for Norwich for sure. But um, but for me, what what one one of the the teams that come up that I actually do ish like the idea of what they've done is is Watford. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they got this the Dennis guy got a couple of goals so far um, from from Bruges. Um, they also signed Danny Rose, Premier League experience, one of the better left backs that's been in the Premier League. Although you know my views on him, <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they got Danny Rose, um, Musa Sissoko, arguably a season ago Tottenham's best player. Yeah. Um, was playing, complaining uh, mul- multiple positions, uh, wealth of Premier League experience, and he adds that little bit in the middle of the pitch. Um, and then Josh King up front, who is you know even if it's eight to ten, it's proven Premier League goals. Mm-hmm. Um. And I like the idea of what they've done. Like I said with Watford before in the podcast earlier, you know, they, they always sign six or seven players. You've never heard heard of them in your life from like all over all over the world, you know, Turkey, um, you know, Austria, wherever they sign these players from. And they always seem to put together a decent Premier League team. Um, so, yeah, I, like, I, I do like what Watford have done. Um, this window, they have lost their captain Troy Deeney, but he hasn't been playing re- recently. So I think Watford as well, equally, I think more of a chance than Norwich, in my opinion, of staying in the league. Yeah, definitely. As before, you mentioned them. I was looking at them, thinking they've actually got a pretty decent team. To be fair, when you look at that, especially with with Saar in there and uh, yeah. they, got, they got a few others, Cleverly's in there, Ben Foster in goal. Uh, they've got a lot of players in there that have been there and 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 done it, so to speak. And I've I got a feeling if if we're looking at the three uh, promoter teams, they would probably be the one that have the best chance of staying up because they like like you've mentioned a couple of times they've got they've got goal scorers not just up front they've got it out wide and and in behind as well. So yeah, I think if we're talking about one of the best the 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 three promoted team staying up I think it will be it will be them uh, and we'll move on to the last promoted team uh, what is your views on them what is your views on, on Brentford on Brentford uh, you, you know? know what what I will say about Brentford is um, although they haven't done it in the Premier League as far thus far um, they always get their recruitment spot on yeah. um, they managed to get young players out of clubs. They managed to get players from uh, lower league opposition um, and they managed to turn them into decent players. Um, in terms of notable signings, they got the, you know, the, I think it was a Celtic cap- captain, Aya, yeah. um, who's highly rated, decent centre-back. Um, they've obviously got Tony in there, um, who 
you know, we're going to see now whether he can do it on the highest stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot, a lot, obviously relies on, relies on that. Um, but in terms of a window, although, you know, I wouldn't be up to, up to date with the players that they signed, they always get it right in terms of player, culture, um, right for the, uh, for the club, um, right profile as in, as in age with sell on value. Um, but I think it, it just it's just going to be a matter of whether Tony can get the goals to fire them to fire them to safety because yeah. because at the end of the day they haven't gone out and really really enforced their team with Premier League well known Premier League players or players that have played in the Premier League before. But on the flip side to that, you you, you over the last four or five years you can't really complain with any of their manager selections or no. or player selections. So what 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 do you say? You just I think it's just for them they're they're just hoping that Tony can produce on the on the high stage. Yeah, and when watching the Brentford Arsenal game on the first first game of the season, their their home uh, their home pitch is you know new it's new it's pretty small it's very you know fans are so close to the action there uh, their home form is going to be what keeps them up this season that that twelfth man of the support the manager interacting with them uh, that goes a long way in 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 these type of teams and. It reminded me a bit of uh, of Wimbledon back in the day at Sellers Park. Uh, the atmosphere, you know, the way they played, uh, long throws, very direct, two up top. You know, there's a lot of old school kind of team there. And like I say, the, the board, the manager, the players, they've all seemed to bought into it. And they could have been in the Premier League two or three years ago and they've missed, you know, missed, missed out on it by... By an odd result or two in the championship, finally up here, and I think I think they will give a good, definitely give a good account of themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you say, in terms of a window, you know, we only know maybe one or two of the players that they've brought in, so we have to reserve judgment on on maybe the other couple that they've brought in and for a few more weeks until we see them properly. Uh, before we we wrap up, let I want to get your opinion on the top six. So let's say Spurs, Chelsea, Liverpool, City, United, Leicester. Who out of that those six, who's had the the worst window? Out of the top six. Mm. Um out of the top six, you have to look at you have to probably look at Liverpool, I'd say, mm. out of the known top six. Just because I just think they could have they could have done a little bit more whereas everyone did something um they could have done a little bit more they haven't got they they after their first 11 liverpool need more enforcements that's yeah. the bottom line they just need more good players um and they could have done more um so so for me in terms of that the window not you know they could still have a decent season but in terms of the window especially looking what their direct rivals did in terms of man u man city and chelsea mm. that they would have had the worst window i think yeah. that all i think that all other teams strengthened more yeah definitely even even Leicester, i know we haven't really yeah. spoken about them uh but just looking at the the five players they've brought in it's i mean they've got bertrand and vestergaard from southampton to Two very good players for in the Premier League experience. 
uh, Lookman on loan. I think that was just for just to have you know an extra That's member. Smart. Yeah, Premier League experience, uh, just to have in uh, in and around as a backup. Knows he can can do a job when called upon. And then they got uh, is it Sumar from from Lille. You know, won the, the title last year. Uh, had a half decent start to the season already, and then they've got Daka. I think is maybe not this season. We'll we'll see much of him, but over the next two years, he he'll be something else. And he looks like a very very good replacement for for Vardy. Uh, last question: signing of the window. Who's the best signing of the window? Ooh, ooh. that's a big question. Um. Signing of the window. Oh, I will go. I will go with Lukaku. And I'll tell you why. I think that Lukaku was the final part to Chelsea's jigsaw. Mm. If you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, I think they needed that player. Um, I think all other areas of the pitch, they're, they're very strong. Um, I, I I just think what he will propel them from fourth to first, in my opinion, that, that signing. And that's really the main reason behind it. I just think he's the final part to the jigsaw. And although there's some amazing transfers, I think Grealish to Man City, anyone who thinks that that's not going to work out based on his you know how Man City have started or whatever he doesn't add anything to the team when he when he delivers 15 goals and 15 assists this season at the end of the season then we can then we can discuss it but right now obviously it's very difficult because he's you know he doesn't add anything to Man City but you got to remember that he's going into to play for a manager that has a very specific way he's going into a team where he's no longer the superstar and he has to find his way yeah. Um, and I think he's had a reasonable start. Um, you know, he's got a lot to learn in terms of the way that Manchester City play, but he'll be some player for Manchester City, like make no mistake about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go with Lukaku just, just solely because I think that he's really the final part to Chelsea's jigsaw in this, you know, this set of players or this set, this team going forward for the next two or three years. Yeah, uh, mine was going to be Lukaku as well for, for pretty much the the same reason. I think it is the signing that does does go from fourth to, to first for them. Uh, but other than that, it's got to be uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm. Uh, there's, there's not much more needs to be said about him, but mm. I will Mental say signing. It's, Mental it's, it's signing. crazy. It's considering, you know, uh, City were going for him and it, within a day, he he was already signed for Man United. The way that happened that day was 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 ridiculous. Uh, but I will say to Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, who I haven't been the biggest fan of, I think he's got zero excuses now. Mm. Uh, and I know you, you know we said Chelsea that they'll be up there, City will be up there, Liverpool will be up there. But with those signings he's made, if he can't deliver something this season, uh, then he can't. He's out of excuses because he's got the players in. He does. He's, he does. He does what? Does does have an excuse? I agree. Or... I agree. No. Oh, I was going to say <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. No, he doesn't no. have an excuse. He, 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 he has. He has all the tools he needs. I know you in an ideal world he have a midfielder, but yeah. he hasn't got dog 
crap midfielders. You know, Fred isn't great, but Fred delivers. He might not be the greatest passer, but he does his interceptions. He gets around yeah. the pitch. He's got enough. If they want someone a bit more stronger, a bit more powerful, they've got McTominay in there. And then they've got Matic, Matic, Matic experience. Like, yeah. they ha- he, he has to deliver silverware this season. And it's very difficult because a lot of the time, Manchester City are taking two to three of the pieces of silverware. You yeah. throw into that, you're throwing to that this season now, Chelsea, who basically of the top four, they all need to deliver a trophy. Yeah. And the League Cup's not good enough. Is the FA Cup good enough? If you can if you're still challenging for the league. If you lose out on the last day of the season to the to the league to Chelsea, um, and you win the FA Cup and you'll get to the later stage of the Champions League. Probably, probably it's, just it's, enough. It's it's, a, it's just enough. Like there's only another uh, there's only so many trophies to go around. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And although these, these managers have built... Put it this way. Those four managers have to win the Champions League or the league in the next two seasons. Yeah. That's 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 how it is. That's how it is. And none of them can afford to be getting knocked out in the Champions League group stages. None of them can afford to be out of the race in January. None of them can afford to... Um, to be knocked out of all the domestic cups and you know what I mean like every like for all of them they have to be in the mix for everything that's the reality and do you know what's crazy we're talking about transfer windows we're talking about Champions League and a team in in France have Mbappe Neymar and Lionel Messi <laughs> yeah. I mean I mean it's 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 it's, it's actually laughable <laughs> It's actually laughable. It's not, it's not, you know what? Let's actually talk about PSG because the window is absolutely out of this world. Uh, Let me look at their transfer window. I just want to tell you these signings because it's actually a ridiculous window. To keep Mbappe, sign uh, Hakimi, uh, Nuno Mendes, a great left back, um, young up and coming, um, Messi, Mignaldum, Ramos and Danarama. That's ridiculous. That's rid- on top of what they already have. On top of what they already when, have. When you're talking about Champions League, it's them, them, theirs to lose it. I'm, I'm assuming everyone's Pot, thoughts will be. Pot, Poch, Pot, Poch has to get to the final of the Champions League. <laughs> he, like, like, no, no, there's like, there's no, there's no, there's no excuses. No COVID. There's no excuses for him. He has to win everything domestically and get to the final of the Champions League. That's so w- it. When when Poch doesn't win the Champions League this year, yeah. who takes it over? Um, um, cause I, I, they must be looking already. They must be looking and thinking we need someone with... <clears throat> you know who I think might get a shot there? Mental. Jose Mourinho. <laughs> he's like, he's the only guy who hasn't had a, has a, had a who hasn't had a chance there. Uh, be Which brilliant. is, it's very left field, but yeah. I just think, I don't know. You just got to see because the merry-go-round, you know, Pep's leaving yeah. in two years. Um, you got the the guy at Bayern Munich. Well, I guess he he might not go. You got uh, Teng Hag, Ajax done a good job. I know they like to look at that sort of manager, you know, one that has 
done well in European competitions. Yeah. Basically, if you've done well in Europe, you've got a chance. If you're serial, <laughs> like even even Emery got a chance. So if you're if yeah. you're serial and you've done you've you're you know you're you're always in the latter stages of the European competitions, you've got a chance. It's just that they've gone through so many of the names. You know, Tuchel, you think, would he go back? Probably not. Um, you've got Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. If he got sacked from Manchester United, is he a big enough? I don't know. He's, he hasn't won anything, has he? So you're looking at Pep. Pep's still got two years at City. Um, you know, you've got Ancelotti. Has he had a go there? Maybe Ancelotti? Has mm. he had... He's, he's, you know, if Ancelotti goes to Real Madrid and... Does well over the next two years. Is he one that they might look at? What about Rafa Benitez? Get sick of Everton and possibly uh, goes there. Possibly because they they they're ticking off these managers at a rate of knocks. <laughs> you know let's what see, I mean? He, let's see if he uh, if he lasts. Diego Simeone maybe. Simeone's a good one actually. To be fair, I like to see him at a, a different club. Mm. See how he how he performs, but. I think I think that's everything with regards to the transfer window. Uh, next episode, we'll be talking. Uh, well, we'll be going over our predictions that we we set out a few episodes ago. Now the window's closed, we can revise them and give our final predictions of top four champions, uh, bottom three, everything like that. And no doubt there'll be some more talking points throughout the international break. Just like Ronaldo getting his world record in yesterday's game against Ireland. Uh, but Mo, that's been another episode. Thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you again soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.